Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, my name is Joe McCormick, and this is The Artifact, a short-form series from Stuff to Blow Your Mind, focusing on particular objects, ideas, and moments in time. One of the most powerful images from the history of space exploration is notable not because it captures the immensity of the great and far, but because it shows us that, in the words of Carl Sagan, on the scale of worlds, to say nothing of stars or galaxies, humans are inconsequential, a thin film of life on an obscure and solitary lump of rock and metal. This image is the famous pale blue dot, a photograph of Earth taken by the Voyager 1 space probe on the 14th of February 1990, when Voyager was about 6.4 billion kilometers away, beyond the orbits of Neptune and Pluto, rushing ever farther at more than 60,000 kilometers per hour. In a maneuver suggested by Carl Sagan and executed by a team including Candy Hansen of NASA JPL and Carolyn Porco of the University of Arizona, the Voyager probe turned its camera back toward the solar system that it was departing to capture final images of the local planets, including Earth. That image of Earth, the pale blue dot, is a humbling peek at our world from the vantage point of the universe beyond. To call it a dot is almost generous. It's more like a waning glimmer of a dot. A speck that barely stands out from the noise and could fall invisible under a passing shadow. Many authors in the years since have written of the way this photograph highlights the fragility and cosmic insignificance of our species. Every human who has ever lived and all the things that they fought for are contained within that dot. As Sagan writes on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. But today I wanted to focus on one sometimes overlooked aspect of the dot. Why is it pale blue? Sagan himself had an answer for this. The color comes in part from the oceans, and in part from the sky. When you look at water in a drinking glass, it doesn't usually appear to have any color at all. But this is only because of the tiny volume of the glass. The deeper the water, the bluer it gets. According to Sagan, by the time you have a column of water at least 10 meters in depth, almost all of the red light that strikes it is absorbed, while blue frequencies of light are scattered and reflected for us to see. Hence the reason, or at least one of the major reasons, that the oceans are blue. And at a different scale, the same is true for the air in our atmosphere. When you look at a blue sky, what are you actually seeing? Assuming you're not looking directly toward the sun, you're looking through a deep field of gas particles illuminated by the sunlight. But since you're not looking toward the sun, the source of the light, the rays of light hitting your eyes need to have been redirected somehow. The light is bouncing off of something, and that something is the air. Instead of allowing the sunlight to pass through on a straight trajectory, or reflecting it back like a mirror, molecules of gas in the atmosphere scatter the light, meaning they cause it to reflect in all different directions at once, including down toward our eyes as we look up from the ground, or out toward space as we peer back with a camera. The particular gas molecules that make up our atmosphere happen to scatter blue light from the sun more than they scatter red light, 
Thus, a clear sky on a sunny day tends to reflect more blue light in any given direction. This effect is known as Rayleigh scattering. But the dominance of Rayleigh scattering in defining the color of our atmosphere really does depend on what kinds of molecules are present in the air. And the color of the surface of the Earth depends on what's there on the surface. Remember, our planet is covered in blue oceans. But could a different atmosphere or a difference in what's on the surface shade the dot an unfamiliar color? The answer is yes, and in fact, some researchers suggest that deep in Earth's past, the planet may well have had a face that would be unrecognizable to us today. For example, in 2016, there was a paper published in the journal Astrobiology by Arnie et al. called The Pale Orange Dot, The Spectrum and Habitability of Hazy Archean Earth. In the course of exploring ways to search for habitable planets, the authors of the study discuss evidence indicating that during the Archean Eon, roughly 3.8 to 2.5 billion years ago, the Earth was likely covered in what the authors describe as a Titan-like organic-rich haze, referring to Saturn's rocky moon Titan, which is surrounded by a shroud of large molecules that can give its atmosphere, especially at lower altitudes, a soft apricot glow. On Titan, this smog is thought to be the result of chain reactions beginning in the upper atmosphere, where methane and nitrogen molecules are broken apart by UV radiation and bombardment by high-energy particles. These broken molecules in the atmosphere then recombine to form large organic compounds, including polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, or PAHs, which are bigger than the simple gas particles in our atmosphere and cause light to absorb and scatter very differently, leading to clouds of mist that look brownish-orange at a distance. According to the paper's lead author, Giada Arni, despite the fact that we often think of habitable Earth-like exoplanets as pale blue dots, like we see in the Voyager 1 photo, during the haze-enveloped Archean period, Earth itself would likely have been a pale orange dot, more like Titan is today. While the haze of Titan is caused by abiotic processes, the orange haze of the early Earth would have been dependent on methane that was largely a byproduct of life, microorganisms that release methane gas as they metabolize energy to survive. And this can tell us something about how to look for habitable planets in solar systems across the galaxy. The authors write, quote, because methane-producing metabolisms evolved early, and Earth's atmosphere was anoxic for about a billion years after the origin of life, pale orange dots may proliferate in the galaxy if other habitable worlds evolve on similar paths to Earth. And in fact, there are lots of ways that the surface of planet Earth probably has changed and will change colors over the eons. Not all of these changes will make a major difference in how the planet looks from the vantage point of deep space, but they are strange and wonderful to imagine nonetheless. According to a 2013 paper in the Astrophysical Journal by San Roma et al., about 3 billion years ago, one of the most widespread life forms on planet Earth would have been a class of photosynthetic purple bacteria, which, depending on their distribution and a number of other factors, could have influenced how Earth looked from space. 
As it stands today, that ecological niche is dominated by organisms more clustered around the green part of the spectrum, like plants. In fact, if it's life in particular you're concentrating on, it could be hard to argue against the characterization of Earth today as a kind of green dot. If you evacuate the water out of all living organisms and count only the solid carbon content, by some estimates plants make up about 80% of all the biomass on planet Earth. Despite all of our technology and progress and powers of self-reflection, in many ways, this ball still belongs to the photosynthesizers. These ideas about the shifting colors of the dot bring me back to Carl Sagan's writings in the Voyager 1 photo. Sagan wrote that, It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. What people often notice about the pale blue dot is that it's so tiny in the grand structure of space. That's true, but even its pale blueness might well be tiny in the grand structure of time. Tune in to new editions of The Artifact every Wednesday, hosted either by Robert or myself. As always, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows.